You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astro Backyard Podcast. My name is Trevor Jones from astrobackyard.com. And I'm Steve Malia from Ontario Telescope and Accessories. And on today's episode, I let Steve choose the topic, and he wants to go with coma correctors, reducers, flatteners, all those awesome attachments that you find out that you need after you buy your telescope and you can't reach focus. Or you want to get more magnification. There's looking at the positive. Right. Or you want to reduce your focal length. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you want to correct your image. Um, So there's several accessories that are on the market, uh, and sometimes their names get interchanged and uh, replaced and um, correctly or incorrectly used. Um, but I think, I think most people know what a Barlow is. And, and a Barlow is very similar to an extender, uh, mm-hmm. which is also similar to a teleconverter. Um, and they come in all different shapes and sizes and, and magnification um, ranges. And then there's, as you mentioned, the reducers, the flatteners, uh, correctors, coma corrector, and so on. So, yeah, let, let's talk about the different types of equipment and, and where you would use them. Um, I think most people might be familiar with an, with a Barlow. The Barlow is one of those um, pieces of equipment that I think everybody gets with their first telescope. Most eyepiece kits will have one. Um, That's there. right. That was one of the first ones I learned about. It came with my... Uh little Dobsonian came with uh, two eyepieces and a Barlow. There you go. So if you probably had like a 10 millimeter and a 25 millimeter, you got it. Right. So what a Barlow does is it, um, a two time Barlow will double the magnification of your eyepiece or your 25 becomes 12 and a half millimeter equivalent. And your 10 millimeter becomes a five millimeter equivalent in terms of magnification. Um, and you know, it's as basic as they get, right? There are, uh, typically three elements of glass within that Barlow and it will magnify your, your eyepiece and you can get them in uh, 1.5 times, 1.6, 2 times probably the most popular, three times, five times, four times, they're kind of rare, but they exist. Yeah. You get that 10 millimeter eyepiece in there and then uh, double it with a Barlow and you're looking at Jupiter, and you've got a pretty big disc you're looking at there. Yeah, the, the, only, the only thing you need to watch out for is sometimes um, a Barlow that, it's, that might not be very high in quality can actually degrade your image. Um, oh, yeah. It's, right. And, yeah. And, and, and then any seeing condition issues that would exist will be very uh, prevalent as well. So if you have bad sure. seeing that night, it will really come out as very bad seeing. Uh, there's the extender, and they operate the same way. Um, Explore Scientific has an extender. Um, the Teleview PowerMate is a type of extender. And again, they do magnification two times, three times, four times, five times. Um, they're, they're available in like the inch and a quarter and two inch format. They operate the same way where they will they will add magnification to your um, well, yeah, they'll, depending on the multiplication factor, they, they will make your eyepieces more powerful, 
But the difference being is that unlike a Barlow, the the eye relief that you have with your <laughs> eyepiece will remain the same. Where with a Barlow, your eye your eye relief will be affected, um, either negatively or positive, positively depending on the uh, design of the Barlow. Right. The other, the other thing as well, some people like to put a Barlow or an extender in front of a, di a diagonal. With an extender, if it's a two-time extender, it will remain a two-time ex two-time magnification in front in front of a diagonal. Where a Barlow might drop down to like one and a half or one point six. It, there's some math equations uh, that you can use to determine exactly what it'll be, um, but that's something to keep in mind that if you that the Barlow will only work at the end of the image train in for mm -hmm. its magnification factor that it, it's advertising as. Um, and then, so you know, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, Steve, for for refractor owners, the extender is a much better option if you can use it with the diagonal, just for that uh, eyepiece position. Yeah, it it depends. You know, the other thing to keep in mind with an extender is that they go up drastically in price, right? So you, okay. can, you can get a Barlow for, you know, fifty bucks, seventy five dollars, right? Mm -hmm. A good quality Barlow or an extender. You know, 140. Uh, the power mates are well over 200 bucks. Um, but the the power mates and, and like the Explore Scientific extender, they have multiple elements of glass in them as well. So th uh, they're built completely differently. Um, higher quality glass, I, I, well, especially with Teleview, I would assume. And, and there's also sometimes options as well. You can add uh, photographic at attachments to them and. Uh, Cool. Um, connect your camera or your DSLR, and you can do like eyepiece projection type thing with right. with them. Um, you know, and, and Terry's has a really nice Barlow, very popular. It's a one point six time Barlow, and they actually have redesigned it, and it uh, should be coming out next month. And it's meant for imaging, so it'll have options available for it to yet, so you can actually connect it to a DSLR. And it's a, uh, it, well, even before it was quite popular. It has a twist lock as well, so a nice and, nice and strong connection. Um, so I think that's Barlow's and Extenders. And you're probably wondering, well, you know, you guys talk about astrophotography a lot, and Barlow's, you know, used with eyepieces, but Barlow's and Extenders if, are really handy if you're doing any planetary imaging. Exactly. Because uh, you get that magnification, so, that, you know, you can use a five times Barlow on a uh, Smith Castigrain and really enlarge your object, providing your seeing is good, and, and like make Jupiter really stand out and get get it right, uh, get all of Jupiter covering your entire uh, CCD chip. Yep. Take a nice video file and separate it into frames and stack those in Registacks and. You're seeing features of Jupiter you've only seen in uh, Hubble images. I really need to get back into planetary photography. With the, I've just been stuck on prime focus deep sky for so long, uh, which is why I haven't been keeping up with the Barlow's and and uh, planetary imaging. Yeah, we should get some good planets in uh, March, I think. Right, um, Mars. Mars is going to be uh, is coming back a decent size, right? Yeah, I read somewhere, and and I'm probably wrong, but later this year, Mars will be brighter than Jupiter 
has been just because we're getting right. really close. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and when Mars, and when when Mars is really close to to Earth, man, what a what a sight. I, you know what, I, it's the one I get most excited about because I mean Jupiter and Saturn are obviously amazing, but they're gas giants, and just knowing that Mars is a rock and it's, it's basically like an, it's a an Earth with its atmosphere stripped away. It's I love looking at it. You can see the, uh, the valleys and everything. Yeah, so I, you know so I just cool. I just brought it up on Stellarium really quick, and I'm looking in July. This is okay mid July. Looking south, there's Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter, like almost in a straight line. Oh, and Vesta is there as well. Um, and then let, let's all of July, right? You, well, Mars is really low on the horizon. And as you get through it, it starts to rise. Um, and then we start getting into August. Yeah, it looks really good. You know what? Anyone going to Starfest this year? If you're in the Ontario, Canada area, or if you travel to Starfest, that's even better. That's awesome, right? Um, you know, Mars and uh, Saturn will put on a a good show. They'll be up in the southern sky. Um, actually, Saturn is going to be right above Sagittarius. That looks awesome when I'm looking at it in Stellarium right now. It's well, right, we right can there all, we st- can hear you clicking around in there, so you're obviously. Uh... Liking what you see. Yeah, it's right there in the steam of the teapot. Pretty exciting. Right next to... What is that? Oh, I lost it. There it is. Right next to the lagoon. Right above the lagoon. So, like, wow, the lagoon... that would be a, an amazing sight if you could actually see Mars and then just a faint lagoon behind it. Oh, no, that's Saturn. It'd be Saturn. So, the lagoon... Oh, sorry, sorry, Saturn. Trifid and uh, Saturn, like they almost make a triangle. There, there's some distance there, but mm-hmm. like if you get a good wide shot, it might work out. Binoculars, maybe. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, I look forward to that, and I, I can't wait until the July weather returns. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. Well, today was okay. It was three degrees. You know what? I'll take today. Yes, I'll take today. You got a, you got a nice gift too, right? They took down the. Tree. Oh yeah. They cu- I come home from work tonight, and they cut down a massive tree that blocks a uh, southeast um, area of sky from my backyard. So that was a nice gift to come home to today. Yeah, so you'd be able to see Mars all of all of, uh, there you go. of July. There you go, right in your backyard. Oh, timing is perfect. Yeah, so Trevor is going to stop doing deep sky photography now, and he's going to go strictly planetary. Well, it sounds like this summer is a is a good time to uh, get into it. That's for sure. Yep, uh, high focal length uh, telescopes for everybody. Give me a call. Help you out. Um, <laughs> let's get back on topic, I guess. Um, uh, reducers, flatteners. Uh, I, Trevor, we've all seen you got you use a reducer, flattener, uh, in your videos. What does a reducer do? Why are you using it? So the reducer, uh, the one I'm using is a uh, 0.8, right? Um, And so that reduces the focal length by times 0.8 and as well as the focal ratio. So makes the scope a little bit faster and um, a little bit wider, which is great for, you know, wide field deep sky imaging like I do. Uh, And then the one I have is also a flattener as well. So it flattens the field of view and the the edges 
Uh, so photography wise, I mean, it's just really, it makes everything better. <laughs> yeah. So with the flattener, you don't get that, those streaky stars in the corners of your image, right? Footballs. Footballs. Yeah. And, and that's going to be inherent to any refractor, unless it's a, a quad like that, that mead 70 millimeter, um, yeah. because you, it just, a the nature of the, the element being curved, you, you're going to have that field curvature. So the flattener is going to correct that. Um, but like that Mead 70 millimeter, it have an, it's basically has a flattener built into it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it re- eliminates the need for it. That's an F five. So you don't really need to reduce it any more than that. It's, it's a pretty wide field as it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, short focal length for that one. But if you have, but on your 102, that what's the focal length of your 102? It's seven four seven fourteen. Seven fourteen. So it's seven fourteen. It works up to seven five hundred and seventy one millimeters focal length, which is. But then you got the uh, the crop crop sensor DSLR, which yeah. times it by a factor of one point six. So nine hundred and thirteen. There you go. Yeah, but right, you're able to frame in quite a bit with that still oh it's such a such a useful focal length right around there just under a thousand yeah yeah Uh, Yeah. and i'm i'm always i'm always happy to go back a little bit yeah i love focal reducers yeah the uh that's probably like a good all-around size scope i think for for anyone wanting to get into astrophotography 102 millimeter f7 i've used a few scopes now and that is the probably the most versatile Focal length. Yeah, it's nice because you don't. It, it it's a good size. It's not overly heavy. You don't need to have a heavy duty mount for it. Um, you can put. It's any, got enough. Any camera. Go ahead. Yep. On it, so yeah, it's a, it's a good all round solution, I think, for most people, and extremely portable. Extremely portable, but it's got a little extra aperture to soak in a little more light than you would with, say, like an eighty millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. What's the last on the list? Oh, coma correctors. Nobody likes coma. Nobody likes coma. Coma is that like purple fringing around the outside of your field. We're talking to Newtonian owners here. Yep. So if you have a Newtonian, you want a coma corrector. And it's going to really clean up your image, make things tack sharp right to the edge. Um, and... It, it's an inexpensive add-on, a couple hundred bucks, and, and away you go. There, there are some types of Newtonians, uh, the Schmidt Newtonian. You, you used to have one, right? You had a Mead LX75? Oh, you remember that. Yes, uh, I did. I still have mine and right. uh, um, with a nice uh, corrector plate on it, and it eliminates the need for the coma corrector. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have a Newtonian, a very popular for astrophotography, uh, you can... You can get an 8-inch F3.9, just basically a light bucket. It, it, mm-hmm. And they're inexpensive, too, for, for what it is, uh, for what you get. Um, excellent astrophotography choice, but you need to have a coma corrector. If you don't have a coma corrector, you're going to be, um, well, you might as well have a cloudy night. That's right. Yeah, so the, <laughs> I think for, for what a coma corrector does, it is a, a great value. I think where it seems like a steep price is when you're really at the low end budget wise and you want to get that F4 
uh, eight inch Newtonian like I did. Uh, and you, you know, you can get one for, you know, 450 bucks and you look at that coma corrector is another 200. So it kind of seems steep, but you really you can't have one without the other. If you want to do imaging with that Newtonian. Yeah. There, there's some really good ones on the market. Um, Bader makes a fantastic coma corrector. Uh, you can put a, a DSLR directly on it. If you have a full frame DSLR, it comes with the M48 attachment as well. Um, Explore Scientific makes one specific for their scopes. Uh, Skywatcher have them. Uh, there's ones made by GSO that are branded for other companies. Uh, mm-hmm. it, there's lots of solutions for for it. But if you have a Newtonian, you really need to need to invest in a uh, uh, a coma corrector if you're going to do any imaging. Visual, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it uh, for visual no. use. It, it you're not going to get. Um, any ben- I don't even think he can use it for visual use, to be honest with you. I think about it, but yeah, there's no point really um, uh, for it. But if you're going to be doing imaging, you need to have a coma corrector. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and it, well, that and and well, the scope and a coma corrector, it's going to be less than than a four inch apo. And you have that's eight, right. You have eight inch of aperture at f three point nine still a really good imaging system that's right yep uh oh you know what you know what's really important what should mention this too when you have these really high magnifications if you're going to use any of these instruments like a barlow or an extender and you're going to be doing any imaging the big i just remember this the um and you're adjusting your focus you're going to get so much shake and with it being uh, magnified so much, uh, mm. focusing is going to be difficult. So you might want to consider putting a um, uh, motorized focusing solution on your focuser, uh, and, and because you're not, then you're not touching it, you're not touching your scope. There's no vibrations that have to settle down. Uh, just focus and and away you go. Uh, motorized. That's a so, great point. I, I, you know what? I've experienced all, most of the benefits of a motorized focuser, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, man, I've been on the uh, receiving end of a close-up view of uh, Jupiter just hopping around so crazy that I lo- end up losing it. Yeah, it it it's, it's re- <laughs> doesn't take much. No, it doesn't take much. And I I I got I remember hearing that tip from Christopher Go, and you know if there's one person in the world you want to listen to on how to image planets, it's going to be Christopher Go, and that's one thing he said. Make sure you have a motorized focuser solution. Um, Makes total sense. Right, because you don't want to be touching your scope and trying to get focused because it'll you'll just be fighting with it all night, and that takes away from imaging time. And usually by the time you get it all focused in, it will be cloudy or the sun might be coming up. The the guy who I follow for Planetary is Damien Peach. Oh, yes, another <laughs> legend. Unbe- yeah, legend is right. Unbelievable, and he's so active on Twitter. He just keeps posting... He'll post, uh, you know, weather patterns like a new storm found on Jupiter, and uh, really, it's eh? just so it's incredible. Yeah, I really enjoy that. You know, Barlow's named after somebody. Yeah, I think it's Peter Barlow, isn't it? You're right, it's Peter Barlow. There's no one named after Extender, though. No. <laughs> no. All right, and right now I can hear hear our listeners' eyes rolling. Johnny Extender. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. So, did we did we talk about them all, Steve? I think so. We got through your list. I yeah, pretty much. Um, you know the only the only other one really who didn't really mention. Uh, it, it got into reducer. It's specific to SCTs. There's a six point three reducer to to reduce the focal length of your uh, of your SCT. So if you have uh, an eight inch F10, now it's an eight inch F six point three. Right? Okay. Um, and there's also there's dedicated ones. Might be a point seven uh, for like a, a Celestron Edge. Right. It's a dedicated SCT. Uh, redu- dedicated reducer for that SCT for the edge because it has that extra element to flatten the field. So it, the edge has a flattener built into it, and um, so they have a dedicated reducer just for the edge. And then you just you know put your camera on that, and away you go. It's actually a really nice reducer. And if anybody's looking for one, they are now back in stock with with Celestron. Uh, I couldn't get them for the longest time, but now now they're available. Uh, I've got mine in stock, um, uh, except if you own an, a nine and a quarter, you're out of luck. But there's solutions for that too. But it's not from Celestron. Okay. Um, so I think that covers the list. If if you think we've missed something, please by all means let us know, and uh, you know we'll we'll cover it and get it uh, get it mentioned. The uh, um. You know, Facebook page is doing really good. Uh, thank you for your comments and your posts. You know, we've had uh, some questions sent to us, and I've tried to uh, answer them the best that I can. Um, Trevor, there's one for you. I, I can't answer it, but I guess we'll talk about it after. Okay. Um, uh, I want to say hi to Peter uh, Dunsby. Peter's mm-hmm. been posting a lot of images on our on our Facebook page, and... Uh, there's a picture of a setup. There's a beautiful picture of the Orion Nebula. Uh, the horse head in the flame is there. The the uh, that's a looks like the Christmas tree, um, and uh, his how he's got his cable management set up. So it looks really good. Um, you know, Peter, keep up the great work uh, and keep sending in those images. I love your image of the rosette. Great work. Um, and for everybody else, please. Um, Keep those images uh, coming. Keep the feedback coming as well. I look and I uh, love reading it. Um, tell your friends to uh, listen and subscribe. And uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else to talk about, Trevor. I, yeah, I'm just sorry I got lost. I was looking at some of Peter's images in the Cone Nebula. I really like that one, and it's kind of uh, getting a little jealous here because he really captured it nicely and I still haven't got that one myself. Is it the cone? I, I think I thought I, uh, or did I say Christmas tree? Uh, right. Oh yeah. Well, that's in there too. So is yeah, it? we're oh, talking okay. about the same one. Yeah. The right. Cone and Christmas tree. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, great job. Anyway, great job, Peter. And yeah, that's, uh, thanks for listening everyone. Hopefully you took something out of this episode. I learned a few things about Barlow's, uh, and I'm going to hopefully I got, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Okay. I'll edit that out. Yep. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. We're good. Okay. So, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. I, I learned a few things myself about uh, Marlowe's, and uh, I'm getting excited about doing some planetary photography this summer, and I hope you are too. Yeah, I am. So, yeah. 
I got I I bought an SCT a year ago and I haven't had a chance to really try it out. So I'm I'm uh, it, it's an LXD seventy five as well. And that'll be out of your uh, new observatory, right? Yes, yes, the Starfield Observatory, as I decided to call it. I just need some decent weather so I can finish it. <laughs> I hear you. It, it'll come. It'll come. Yep. One yep. day. All right, everybody. Clear skies. Clear skies, everyone.